our Bibles tonight to the book of Acts again, Acts chapter number 22, Acts chapter number 22, as always, the music has just been wonderful, uh, right on target, and uh, it's, it's, it's hard to miss when you start, th- it's hard to miss in a song when it's about the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, sung uh, the right way, and so I certainly appreciate all the work uh, that the, the music department puts in. Acts chapter number 22 all of the songs this evening, from our hymns to the choir special, uh, to the song we just heard, uh, ties in with my message this evening, Acts chapter number 22, where we were this morning. Uh, this morning we read the first uh, 10 verses, and my message, uh, just to remind you, uh, is t- well, I preach on the testimony of Paul, as Paul reminded them of where he had been, uh, who he was, what his background was, and uh, that time when he met Christ, and uh, this evening, I want to focus uh, on the verses uh, 6 through 8 of his testimony here. And of course, uh, if you think way back uh, in the beginning of the book of Acts, toward the beginning, uh, we actually saw uh, the conversion of, of Saul to Paul, which he's referring to. But I want to use these, these three verses this evening uh, to bring my message, beginning in verse number 6 of Acts chapter number 22. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. Tonight I want to preach a very practical message, simple message on what the light of Christ reveals. What the light of Christ reveals. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the wonderful day in church. I thank you for how my spirit has been stirred. My spirit has been strengthened. Father, I just ask this evening that as the message is preached, may the Holy Spirit of God uh, use me just as a vessel. May the Holy Spirit of God uh, do that which He is designed to do and just point to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we'll be reminded about Christ this evening. We'll be reminded of our salvation. We'll be reminded of who He is, who we are. And Father, I pray that you'll bless the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, In verse number 6, we saw this morning, we see again tonight, uh, Paul's conversion. He was on this journey, and, and I won't re-preach the, the message this morning, but you know the, the background of, of Paul. Uh, he was that murderer of Christians. He was that uh, religious zealot uh, who was misguided in his zeal. And he's on this journey, and he gives an account in his testimony of his testimony of his conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ. We find an interesting thing in verse number 6. Uh, the Bible tells us he was uh, on that journey to Damascus, and about noon, uh, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. My message this evening, as I've already mentioned, is what the light of Christ reveals. Now, uh, he did not see a UFO. He did not uh, see some uh, a- a- extraordinary thing other than the light of Christ. This light was not like you and I. If we stare into the sun, sometimes we'll see spots before our eyes, and sometimes we won't be able to to see very well because the sun 
is blinding us. No, this was a blinding light, but if you study this story out, you'll find he did not recover in his blindness for many days. It was a blinding light. I believe it was a sudden light. I believe all of a sudden, as the Scripture teaches us, suddenly they're shown from heaven. I believe it was just like any other day, that noon hour. They were on their journey. It was just like every other time they had taken those captives who had believed on Jesus, and all of a sudden, there was that blinding light that shone. And you and I know from Scripture, and we know that Saul discovered what that light came from. It was a light that shone from the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the light of Christ. Now, you find we find this evening, and I want to point to several things that I believe the light of Christ revealed not only in His life, but will reveal in your life, in my life. See, the Lord Jesus Christ visited that man that day, and his life was never the same, his eternity was never the same, and today, this man, Paul, is in the portals of glory, enjoying the benefits of the Lord Jesus Christ confronting him on that road to Damascus. Now, friend, you and I, if you get close to the Lord Jesus, that light shines from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a light like he saw. I'm not talking about either the noon hour tomorrow, you're going to be about your business and there's going to be a sudden blinding light. That, 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 if, you, if you call me and say, Pastor, I saw it, I'm going to say, don't stare into the sun. That's what that was in your case. But we find that the closer you get to the Lord Jesus... The light of Christ shines. The light of Christ has an effect. The light of Christ will affect you. Friend, the closer you get to the Lord Jesus Christ, it affects you. That's why the, the, the music today, and that's why the singing today, as we sing about the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're saved, you know exactly what that's speaking of. If you're saved, you remember the time when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about the day when the Lord is going to call us all home. When you get around Him and you spend time in Scripture and you, and you get to know the written Word of God and you get to know the Savior through the Word of God and you fellowship with Him and you get close to Him, it's, it's impossible for the light of Christ not to affect you. That's why it's very simple. It's very easy to understand. You take a child of God, you take a born-again believer that, that, this, that makes no changes. There is no change in their life. It's very simple. They are not spending time with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not spending time in Scripture because, friend, you can't be around Jesus and, and not have it affect you. You can't be around Him and not have it affect you. Uh, you can't be around uh, His business and not have it affect you. And I want us to notice tonight what the light of Christ revealed in the Apostle Paul, but also what the light of Christ will reveal in you and I. That's why, friend, we've got to be close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, is, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let's get into the, the outline here. Let's see, uh, first of all, as we see in, in, our, in our text this evening, in verse 6, that great light, uh, that great light round about me. Uh, verse 7, And I fell into the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, Well, I have a... When I read this, well, I kind of imagine, here's this man. 
Here comes this voice unlike any other voice. I don't know why I'm enamored with this. I want to see the face of my Savior one day. I, 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 want, I want to see the, the, the nail-pierced hands. But there's just something about the sound of His voice that I want to hear one day. I want to hear the voice of my Savior. Friend, I don't know what it sounds like. It's not James Earl Jones. I, I know that. It's not him. I don't know what the voice of Christ sounds like, but can you imagine that bright light hit him like he's never been hit before? He is on his face now, and he asked the question, Who art thou, Lord? And there is a voice to say, If he couldn't see, if he didn't know what was going on, he did not believe in Christ How would he have known that this was him? I promise you, friend, the moment that voice spoke, he knew who it was, just like the day's going to come when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, there'll be no denying the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody will know it is him. Everybody will understand the moment he reveals himself. He says, I am Jesus of Nazareth whom now persecuted. What the light of Christ reveals, first of all, it reveals the person of Jesus. He had Jesus Christ revealed to him. Obviously, the light of glory shone. No man could look on the Lord Jesus Christ in His glorified state. But the light of Christ revealed to him that day on that road to Damascus, the person of, the, of, of Jesus Christ. It revealed to him that he was the Lord of glory. It revealed to him that he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, Paul didn't have any doubts from that point on that he was the Holy One of Israel. He had no doubts that he was the Rose of Sharon. He had no doubts that he was the resurrected Christ. Can you imagine this scene unfolding on the road to Damascus in tow with this, that man Saul are, are Christians who had been arrested and who he was taken to prison and they are there and now he is confronted with the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and what it did is it revealed to him this is the Son of God. This is the resurrected Christ. And friend, the closer you get to Him and that light of Christ will reveal to you and will remind you He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. This lost world does not understand us Christians. They don't understand how we can get so excited and we can get so emotional. And if something, if even the music this evening didn't tug on your heartstrings, didn't moisten the corner of your eye, you either need to get saved or right with God this evening because there is something about thinking about what Christ has done for you, who He is. The light of Christ shines on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, God loved us so much He did not send a good man to die for our sins. That never would have been enough. He didn't send a great preacher to pay our sin sacrifice. He didn't send a relative. He sent His own son. He said, who is it that can, that can bridge the gap between sinful man and a holy God? Only my perfect son. Only the Son of God. And He sent His Son who lived a perfect life, shed His blood. That is our righteous payment for our sins. Boy, it reveals the person of Jesus. I would think that Christians who 
aren't part of a Bible-believing church, they don't spend time in the Word of God, they get away from the light. I don't understand. And young people, listen to me. I don't understand how a saved child of God can grow up in a Christian home and be in Sunday school departments being taught the Word of God and and be in a Christian school and be taught the Word of God and choose to serve the world over a risen Savior. I don't understand that this evening. And well, it, it, The only thing I can, the only explanation I can give is at some point you get a, out of the light of who Jesus is. You get away from who He is. One day I'm not going to give an account uh, to this whole world. I'm not going to give an account of how much money I made or didn't make. I'm going to stand. All right, let me rephrase that. I'm going to fall on my face in front of the Son of God. And I want to hear that voice. I want to hear that voice say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You say, it's because you like to be patted on the back, isn't it? It's because you like to get rewards, isn't it? No, friend, in this situation, it's because of who it will be coming from. It will be coming from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And the light of Christ reveals the person of Jesus. It was at that moment... He knew who it was. When's the last time, Christian, that you just spent some time in the presence of Jesus? And you basked in His glory? You got into the Word of God. You got on your knees and you begin to think about what He's done for you and who He is. Jesus is not a swear word. He's not a curse word. He's not, a, he's not a, a figure in history. He is the Holy Son of God. And you and I need to be reminded that when we enter into His presence, it is a place of reverence. It is a place of, of, of holiness where He, we in His light, we're in His presence. That's why, church, it's not a place of formalism, but there ought to be a little bit of dignity when we realize that we are here because we want to put focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, well, who else would you want to live for? Who else would you want to spend your day serving except but the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But that light revealed the person of Jesus. It also reveals the character of His disciples. You think about the context of Paul's testimony, the context of the Scripture tonight. He was the disciple killer. He was the church destroyer. He was the one that when Christians heard His name, their heart began to beat fast. They began to perspire. Fear would creep in. There, there was no internet or television or any of those things, obviously, in those days, but word was spread as that a church would begin to assemble together that I heard that Saul was in the next town over. Then the question inside would be, is he going to find us tonight? Is he going to arrest us tonight? Worse than that, are we going to lose our life because of Saul, the persecutor? But yet, sadly, from one perspective, 
But very telling from another perspective is that Saul had a lot to do because the faith of God's people did not diminish. It grew. There were not less converts. There were more. See, I believe the light of Christ revealed to Saul in that instant the character of his disciples. Think with me just for a moment from Saul's perspective. The Pharisee, the the religious zealot, the one who would put Christians to death, the the one who would hold the coats of them that would stone a spirit-filled man, the one who over and over again wreaked havoc and chaos to God's church. Just for a moment, let's look at it from his perspective as a lost man who was zealously attacking, zealously defending what he believed. There had to be something inside of him that says, I don't understand it. They know what I'm bringing with me. They know I have the letters from the high priest himself giving me the authority to to arrest them, the authority to destroy them, the authority to even put them to death. What is the attraction to these simple people, to this man named Jesus? They understand the consequences by now. I have a reputation that precedes me long before I get there. They have heard of Saul and yet they will not flee the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet they are willing to give up their lives in, 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 in lieu of recanting the Lord Jesus Christ. They are willing to be taken away from their loved ones and taken to a prison because of their faith and belief of the Lord Jesus Christ. There had to be something inside of him that says, I don't understand it. I don't understand their dedication to Him. But I believe, friend, in that instance, when He was in His presence, the light of Christ shone. I believe in that instant, just like, just as quickly as when you put your faith in, in Christ, you, 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 your eternity in, in hell was changed to heaven. I believe in that instant, that light shone. He says, I get it now. I understand now. I understand the dedication now that I've seen Him, now that I've been in His presence. And friend, if you get close to the Lord Jesus Christ, you understand why we get excited when we sing about salvation and we get excited when we sing about our eternal home. You understand how you you get excited when the things of God are talked about and the things of God are propagated. We find that when He was in the light of Christ, it revealed the character of His disciples. How they loved Jesus. See, now we find in chapter 22, he is recounting, recounting what has already taken place. Now he is on the end of the persecution. And he understands when you're in the. There are those out there, as I preached this morning, he says, I was just like you, I had the same zeal you had. But I understand something now that you didn't understand then. I've been in His presence. I've seen the light of Christ. 
I, if you could see Him as I've seen Him, you'd understand the dedication to Him. But I believe in the context of the character of His disciples, I believe He also learned a valuable lesson that day as well. That the disciples of Christ are under Christ's protection. It was Christ Himself who confronted the enemy of the church. Well, he realized something that day that I understand the dedication of these people to Christ now that I've encountered Him. But I think he also had a very quick understanding of Christ's dedication to His disciples. Friend, let me just interject this in this evening before we move to the the next point I want to make tonight. Those of us who are saved and we're a child of God, don't don't think for a moment this evening that the oppression of this world or or life circumstances or, or the burdens that you carry go by unnoticed with your Savior. Just like we sing the song when He was on the cross, I was on His mind, and as Jesus willingly gave Himself as a sacrifice for all of mankind... I believe He did have all of us in mind. And I believe He said, I'm dying for this one and and for this one and for this one and this one. And I know this one's going to reject me, but I'm still dying for Him, for His sins. And and one day there'll be a little boy that's going to trust Christ as His Savior. And I'm dying for Him. And and there's going to be a little girl who's going to hear the gospel for the first time. And and, and I'm dying for them. And there's that old drunkard that the devil gets a hold of before he ever hears the name of Jesus. I'm dying for Him as well. I believe He died died for all of us. And why is it, Christian, that we think it's even possible for Him to forsake us? Why is it that we think it's even possible for Him to not be aware of our burdens? How is it even possible for us to think that if he'll allow himself to be mocked and ridiculed and blasphemed and beaten and spit upon, if he'll allow himself to endure that physical suffering, and then if he'll willingly suffer death and hell for all mankind, friend, why would we be surprised that he would confront the church's greatest enemy of that day and say, why are you doing this to me? Why are you persecuting me? Friend, you and I need to be reminded just as Jesus saved us, Jesus is there for us. And right now, He sits at the right hand of His Father. And He is, he is making intercession for you and I. He is our Savior. Uh, he is concerned about us this evening. Aren't you glad that I can preach a message on a Sunday morning saying, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, if you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on Him, He will save your soul. There is no sin that you can commit that He will not forgive you of. Well, friend, I'm glad that on a Sunday night I can stand here and I can tell you it doesn't matter, child of God, what you're going through. It doesn't matter what this world does to you. It doesn't matter how forgotten you have seemed. There is one, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is aware of every need you have. He is aware of every problem you're going through. He is aware of every heart that is breaking. He is concerned about His children. We have an example in Scripture where He personally shows up. So I'm here. 
because of what you're doing to me. Think about it. Because of what you're doing to my children. What you're doing to those that I've saved, the redeemed. Friend, I believe Paul learned in that instant that light of Christ. He understood the character and the dedication of Christ's disciple. I don't believe a lost man can understand what a saved man can understand. Because if you've never met Jesus, if you haven't accepted Him, oh, you don't know how wonderful it is to know that your sins have been forgiven. You don't know how wonderful it is to go day after day while we have our problems, we have our difficulties, to not carry around our sin debt and that sin burden and wonder what is going to happen beyond death and what is going to happen in the future. And you understand what Christ has done for you. And I believe we just need an old-fashioned revival of everybody being reminded who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. I believe there would be a lot more who would serve Him with their life if they just got a hold of, this is who has saved me. This is who, who, who speaks on my behalf. This is, this is my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He finds and He reminded of the character of His disciples. And friends, the, the closer you and I get to Christ... We'll understand a little bit more why we can be so dedicated to him. We see number three. I believe in that instant when he was in the light of Christ, he was reminded of the wickedness of his own past. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the man who held the coats with a smile on his face Watching the stoning of Stephen. The moment he was in the presence of Christ. Can you imagine what it must have been like? That wicked, vile man who had persecuted the church, who had murdered Christians, who at that very present moment was in the midst of destroying lives for their belief on a risen Savior. The moment he was in his presence, Paul the Pharisee, Paul the one who had the approval of religion, Paul the one who could say, not only do I know the chief priest, I'm here on his behalf. Paul could drop names. Paul could, 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 could speak in an educated uh, manner. Paul, what, what, uh, he had achieved everything as far as what he could possibly achieve. The moment he entered into his presence, the moment the light of Christ shone, I believe he realized just how wicked of a man he was. Wasn't it the case with you and I when we trusted Christ as our Savior? That's why as I've been teaching on Wednesday nights, if, if there's no conviction of our sins, there's no salvation. I, I, I gave just a brief bit of my testimony this morning. It was, I started looking for a Savior because I was told that I was a sinner. And if it was not the fact that I was told that I was a sinner, I don't know that I would have been looking for a Savior. 
Boy, when I got a picture of Jesus and the Son of God, I realized as a child how much of a sinner I was. Friend, that's what you and I had to face in our salvation is to realize that we were a sinner on our way to hell and only through the Lord Jesus Christ could we have forgiveness of sins. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ did we have any hope at all. A church could not save us. A preacher could not save us. Our good works could not save us. Only the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ could save us. It was when we were confronted with the light of Christ. But let me make this application as well this evening. After salvation, when you get in His presence, you see yourself for as you really are. See, Christian, it's easy for us to get a spiritual big head, if you will. We compare ourselves with this wicked world. We, can, we compare ourselves to even the religious of this world. <clears throat> but can I remind you tonight, this world is not our standard. Other churches are not our standard. Other Christians are not our standard. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our standard. Friend, I'm going to tell you what, I don't have to tell you tonight, but I'm just going to say it anyway. We'll never get to a place in our life where we can be satisfied with where we are when we compare ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I don't know how long it's been since you've been in His presence and just spent time looking at who Jesus is and what He has done for you and and sometimes it takes place in our, our private time with God. And sometimes it can be in a church service. And sometimes it can be a song sung at the right time. You're reminded of what you are. Reminded of what you were when Jesus saved you. You're reminded of how wicked of a life that you've really lived. But for the grace of an almighty God, you'd still be on your way to hell. I believe Paul, the moment he was in the light of Christ, he all the wickedness that he had lived, I believe he was willing to admit it. He acknowledged it. It was he was aware of it because he was in the light of Christ. And friend, when you and I are in the presence of God, it's kind of hard to be full of yourself then. It's kind of hard to pat yourself on the back for your Christian service. And I promise you this, I don't know, I don't care how much you do for Christ in this life, when we get into his presence in glory, we're going to wish we had done more. We're going to wish we had given more. We're going to wish we had been more dedicated when we're in his presence. Christians who are not serving are not spending time with Him. Christians who are not grateful for their salvation are not spending time with Him. See, that's why our standard is Christ. We find, I believe, in that moment the wickedness of His own past. Came, he became very aware of it. Friend, I think it's, as that song Satisfied was saying just a little bit ago, I was going to say a few moments ago, but it's been a little longer than a few moments. But you think about it, your sin debt, only Christ could satisfy it. I don't know what that song reminds you of. It reminds me of, yes, there's a Savior, and yes, it's been satisfied. But it reminds me of why there needed to be a payment that's satisfied. And that was because of my sin debt. 
I believe that when he's in the light of Christ, I believe that the wickedness of his own past was very evident. But I also believe when he was in the light of Christ, he was very aware of the future work that he was to do. Pastor, a lot happened in that time. Yeah, it did. When you encounter Christ, there's a lot that should happen. And you find that he asked a question, well, who art thou? Verse 8. He said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And as we saw this morning in verse 9, he continues to speak to that crowd there, and he says, And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. <clears throat> verse 10, I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee all the things which are appointed for thee to do. I believe in that moment when the light of Christ shone on Saul, I believe it revealed to him the person of Jesus. I believe it revealed to him the character and the dedication of his disciples. I understand why they won't recant his name. When he was in his presence, I understand why they would rather die than disappoint the Lord Jesus Christ. In that moment of the light of Christ, I believe it revealed to him the wickedness of his own past. But I also believe at that moment, it revealed to him his future work. What would you have me to do? Friend, I believe that that is the case with every Christian. You get to spend a little time with Jesus, you know what it ought to compel us to ask? What would you have me to do? See, friend, I'm going to be very blunt and honest tonight as I am from time to time, but if you're not willing to do anything for God, you're not spending time with God. If you're not wanting to serve Jesus, you're not spending time with Jesus. If you're not wishing at the end of the day you had a little more strength to do a little more for Him, you're not spending enough time with Him. Well, if, you, if you're not looking at the city, I wish I had more to give. I wish I had more to do. I wish there was more that I could do for Him. You're not spending enough time with Him because I promise you, if you're reminded from the Scripture, you're reminded of what God did for you, there's only one response for the child of God. What more can I do for you? How more? How greater can I serve you? What would you have of me? That's a question we all ought to ask tonight. Christ, what would you have for me? Lord, what would you have for me? What more could I do for you? We've got too many Christians trying to get out of the work of God and not enough trying to get in the work of God. It ought to, it ought to bother us when we don't have the time. We don't have the energy. We don't have the health. We ought to be seeking the things of God. You spend a little more time with Him, you're going to want to do more for Him. I believe it was in the light of Christ. It was that, in that instant. I've got to serve him. I. Because you think of how wicked Saul had been. If you'll take me, if you'll forgive me, if you'll save me, I don't have a choice but to serve. You know why I think some Christians don't have a desire to serve the Lord? Because in some way they've convinced themselves that their sins just weren't that bad. 
And, and we get to a place where it's almost like, God, we did you a favor by getting saved. Friend, I don't care what your sins are. If you've committed one sin, and looking at this crowd, that ship sailed a long time ago. One little sin send you straight to hell. Say, oh, well, how can you tell children that they'll die and go to hell because every child is a sinner? When they get to that realization that they need a Savior, they realize they're a sinner. I'm going to be honest with you. The more I get in this book and the more I believe that I know my Savior in a better way, how can, how, how can I be any other way? But what more can we do? What more can I give? How can I help in a greater way? And he said, go here and it will be revealed unto you. And he will lay out for Paul what it is for him to do. You say, well, pastor, if I saw a bright light, and if Jesus talked to me directly, then I think I would serve Him. Friend, we do have Christ who talks directly to us. And I think there are too many Christians waiting on that bright light, that audible voice when we have the voice of God. The voice of God who gives us instruction. Some of you are getting excited. I closed my Bible just so I could hold it up. I can open it up very, very easily and quickly. Sometimes some of you, that's the first time you've smiled all night when I closed it and picked it up like this. So, what more can we do? The more, that's, that's why I can, I can perceive and I can discern. You see a new Christian, you, need, you see somebody get to the church, and you watch them grow. Sometimes I'll make a mental note. Sometimes I'll mention it to my wife. And I'll say, Lord, is going to call that individual to the ministry. The Lord is going to use those children. See, Pastor, how can you say that? You're not God. No, you're right. I'm not God. Because when somebody begins to spend more time with Jesus, and more time with Jesus, and more time with Jesus, and more time with Jesus, it's just a matter of time till that will is surrendered. A matter of time. What more can I do? What more can I give? Some of you, when you first came to this church, it was just, I'm in here and I'm out of here. And lo and behold, the longer you got around the people of God, the longer you got around the preaching of the Word of God, and when you start spending time in your Bible, you begin to grow. And you give, What more can I do? And I might not can do what the pastor does, but I can, do what, I can help over here and help over here and help over here, and I can serve. And some of you, I, I, hate to be, I, I hate to put you in a bad mood tonight, but you're not as young as you used to be. And you might not can do what you used to do. But you know what? God doesn't expect you to do what you used to do. He expects you to do what you can do right now. And I'll tell you just, this is not, you can see it's not in my outline because my Bible is closed. And you should know by now, it can stay closed for a long time. And it, it have no effect. But I believe we're in a day, it's always been a day of great spiritual warfare. But I believe if you study the scripture... You study the time and period we are in, the greatest days of spiritual, warhead are here, spiritual warfare are here ahead of us. But we need more than anything else, I believe, as God's people to pray. 
God's people that intercede on behalf. I tell you, it's hard to find a bitter Christian who spends time in your prayer closet. It's hard to find a disgruntled child of God who has spent time with God. Friend, let's spend time with our Savior and be reminded of the person, the Son of God. Well, my, my Savior is the Son of God, the resurrected Christ, the sinless one, the spotless Lamb. He is the one that is going to return for His children. Oh, and the day is going to come, ladies and gentlemen. As sure as you're sitting there, as sure as I'm standing here, that every knee will bow. See, oh, there's some people, they, 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 they hate God. They refuse to accept Him. Probably not any more than Saul hated Him. But oh, when that light shone, he fell on his face, blinded by the light of Christ. He knew who he was in that instant. In this world, it's going to know when the light of Christ shines. Let's spend time, simple challenge, let's spend more time with Christ so we can be reminded of some things from the light of Christ. Father.